Welcome to Lose Lips, all the things you wanted to say but didn't know how to say it. Today's topic is, it's time to face the truth. Russia is Putin and Putin is a dead man walking. Now, Putin is the current president of Russia. He has actually been in power since 1999, either as president or prime minister. He is also a former KGB officer and a controversial figure in world politics. Putin is facing a lot of challenges and criticism in 2024, especially after he launched a full-scale invasion of Ukraine in 2022, which triggered a major war and a humanitarian crisis. He has also been accused of interfering and the 2016 United States election, violating human rights in Hong Kong and Xinjiang, and supporting authoritarian regimes in Syria and Iran. Some people actually admire Putin for his strong leadership, nationalism, and conservatism, while others condemn him for his aggression, corruption, and repression. He has a cult of personality in Russia and abroad, and he often uses propaganda and media manipulation to boost his image. He is also known for his love of sports, animals, and religion. Now, Putin is not only the leader of Russia, but also a major player in global affairs. His actions and policies have significant impacts on the security, economy, and environment of the world. He is often seen as a rival or a threat by the U.S. and its allies, but also as a partner or a mediator by some countries and organizations. He used to be one of the most influential and powerful people in the world, but also one of the most controversial and divisive. And at this time, it is obvious that he is playing mind games and is playing chess to other countries. He wants to manipulate and see where and who he can get to follow his lead. Some players actually believe that he will be ousted as the leader of Russia by his own military or political rivals who are dissatisfied with the high casualty rate and the economic cost of the war in Ukraine. Some even suggest that Putin could be assassinated by his enemies, either within or outside Russia. And if you notice, he hasn't been traveling outside of Russia um, in the past couple of years. And also, there are reports that Putin is spending so much money on this Ukraine war, and when he thought that he was going to freeze out Europe, Russia is now freezing. However, these are only speculations and opinions, and they do not necessarily reflect the reality or the the future of Putin or Russia. Putin is still the president of Russia, and he has a lot of supporters and allies who may defend him or even help him stay in power. He is also very experienced and cunning politician who may have some strategies or surprises up his sleeve. Putin has a loyal base of supporters among 
the Russian political elite. And why shouldn't he? They want to keep the status quo. The military, the security service, and the state media. He also has a network of personal friends and allies who he has not killed off yet, who benefit from his patronage and share his worldview. Now, the thing is, I honestly think that these people follow him because of what he has done for them. They don't want to lose their status quo. They don't want to lose their status. They don't want to lose their their money or their funds that Putin has thrown their way. Now, here are some of the people who are loyal to Putin, according to some of the web searches that I was able to find. Nikolai Protrushev. Now, he is the head of the Russian Security Council and a former director of the Federal Security Service, the successor of the KGB. He happens to be one of Putin's closest confidants and advisors and a key figure in the war in Ukraine. Sergei Shogu. He is the defense minister and a popular politician. He oversees the Russian armed forces and is responsible for the military operation in Ukraine. He is also a member of the ruling United Russia Party and a potential successor to Putin. Igor Sechin. He is the head of Rosneft, Russia's largest oil company. He is a former deputy prime minister and a longtime associate of Putin. He is one of the most powerful and influential oligarchs in Russia and a target of Western sanctions. Sergei Shimonov, he is the head of Rostec, a state-owned corporation that controls many strategic industries such as defense, aviation, and electronics. He is also a former KGB officer and a personal friend of Putin. He is another influential oligarch and a target of Western sanctions. Yuri Kovacek, Gennady Chemenko, and Arkady Rotenberg. They are three businessmen with close personal ties to Putin. They are co-owners of the Rossiya Bank, which is considered Putin's personal bank. They are also involved in various sectors, such as energy, construction, and sports. They are among the richest people in Russia and targets of Western sanctions. Now, these are some of the people who are loyal to Putin, but there are many others who support him or depend on him for his survival. So remember before I said they don't want to lose the status quo. Putin has done a lot for them in giving them funds from the people, just like Putin is stealing from his own country. He has allowed these people to steal from the country and benefit from it as well. Now, Putin has cultivated a system of loyalty and patronage that makes it hard for anyone to challenge him or defect from him. However, this does not mean that he is immune to criticism or dissent. As some people may have different opinions or interests than him. Only time is going to tell how long his loyalty will last and what will happen if it even changes. But there are also many people who do not support Putin and Russia, but they face various challenges and obstacles to express their opposition. Some of the groups or individuals who oppose Putin are the non-systemic opposition parties. Now, these are political parties that are not registered or recognized by the government. 
and are often banned or even harassed by the authorities. They include Yabloko, the People's Freedom Party, Russia of the Future, and the Libertarian Party of Russia. They advocate for democracy, human rights, anti-corruption, and often organize protests and rallies against Putin's policies. Now, what's interesting about this is I was reading somewhere a while ago that the last time Putin had a war, it was the wives and the mothers that were able to get Putin to stop the war because so many of their their husbands or even their sons were dying in the war. Recently, I was reading about how the wives and mothers are also coming together again. I forget the name of their um, their organization. I think it was way, way, way to home or something like that. But they're also coming together because they're tired of the war. They're tired of their their husbands dying and their sons dying. And they're just tired of the war in general. And they want it to, to stop. So I find it interesting that the uh, mothers and the wives are actually coming together again. And they don't, they don't fear potent. They don't care if they're, they're going to be thrown in jail. They're going to protest. And they are protesting now. Um, another group that's against Putin are independent media and civil society. Now, these are journalists, activists, lawyers, and NGOs that expose the truth and criticize the government, despite facing censorship, intimidation, and violence. They provide alternative sources of information and mobilize public opinion and action against Putin's regime. And of course, we all know Alexei Navalny and his supporters. Now, Navalny is the most prominent opposition figure in Russia who has accused Putin of corruption, authoritarianism, and aggression. He has been jailed, poisoned, and banned from running for office. But he continues to challenge Putin from prison and online. He actually has a large following among young and urban Russians who have participated in mass protests and online campaigns in his support. Now, at the beginning of the war, there was a huge, huge amount of Russians that actually left the um, the country and everything. And I'm wondering how many of Navalny's supporters actually are now in Russia. There's also dissatisfied citizens. Now, these are ordinary Russians who are unhappy with the economic and social situation in the country and who have lost trust and confidence in Putin's leadership. They may not be politically active or even aligned with any opposition group, but they express their discontent through surveys, polls, or votes. Now, according to some web searches, only one in four Russians may even support the war in Ukraine and more than half may hope for peace talks. These are some of the people who do not support Putin and Russia, but there are many others who actually have different views or interests than him. However, Putin has a loyal base of supporters and allies who help him maintain his grip on power. He also has a system of loyalty and patronage that makes it hard for anyone to challenge him or defect from him. Therefore, it's going to be hard to say how strong or effective the opposition to Putin is or even will be in the future.
A new president will come to Russia through an election, which is scheduled actually for March 17th of this year. This will be the eighth presidential election in the country. If no candidate receives more than half the vote, a second round will take place exactly three weeks later on April 7th. The winner is scheduled to be inaugurated on May 7th. However, some experts and sources doubt the fairness and legitimacy of the election as Putin has changed the law to allow him to run for two more terms, potentially extending his rule until 2036. He has also suppressed the opposition, banned independent media, and controlled the electoral system. Therefore, some people believe that the only way to end Putin's regime and power is through economic sanctions, diplomatic pressure, and military assistance, or even political. What is it going to take to end Putin's regime and power? As different experts and sources may have different opinions and suggestions based on their perspectives and interests. However, some of the common themes or strategies that have been proposed are economic sanctions. Now, some argue that the best way to end Putin's regime and power is to impose severe and comprehensive economic sanctions on Russia and its allies, targeting key sectors, individuals, and institutions that support Putin's regime. This could weaken Russia's economy deter its military spending, and undermine its political stability. Diplomatic pressure. Some suggest that the West should increase its diplomatic pressure on Russia and its partners, such as China, Turkey, and Iran, to isolate and condemn Putin's actions. This could reduce Russia's influence and leverage in the region and the world and increase its cost and risk of further aggression. Military assistance. Some advocate that the West should provide more military assistance and support to Ukraine and other NATO allies, such as weapons, training, intelligence, and troops. This could strengthen Ukraine's defense and deterrence capabilities and signal the West's commitment and solidarity to resist Putin's invasion. Political dialogue. Some recommend that the West should engage in political dialogue and negotiation with Russia and other stakeholders, such as France, Germany, and the OSCE, to find a peaceful and lasting solution to the conflict. This could create a space for dialogue and compromise and prevent further escalation of a nuclear war. Now, these are some of the possible ways to end Putin's regime and power, but they are not mutually exclusive or even guaranteed to work. They may also have some challenges and drawbacks, such as feasibility, effectiveness, legitimacy, and unintended consequences. Ultimately, it may depend on the will and the resolve of the international community and the Russian people to stand up to Putin and defend their sovereignty and security. Russia is definitely in a weakened state at the moment. Many citizens have fled the country. Many are dying in the war. 
the ones you have left are either aging or the elite, which are not willing to send their own to the front line. This presents a problem, as then you are left with outsiders to fight for Putin's cause. This being the case, there are not many men of age left in Russia to fight. So now you have the dilemma of what to do. Putin is already getting his arms from Iran and North Korea, both being terrorist countries. This now makes Russia a terrorist country, despite the fact that many have not labeled it as such. It used to be, at the beginning of the war with Ukraine, people feared Putin would use nukes. Now there is not that fear. So why have we not taken Putin out? What is the reason that Putin is still alive? He cannot travel, or his travel is limited by much. Even after the destruction of his famous chef, Putin knows he is a dead man walking. He has no one he can trust. He knows there is a bounty on his head, and he also knows that one wrong move or descent to the wrong person and a coup is on the way. He tried to he tries to keep the status quo by keeping the elite offspring out of the way of fire. But this is only going to last only for so long because eventually, not that he will use them to go to the front, but their bank accounts will be shrinking and their cost of living staggering in inflation. People are going to start wondering when all of the effects will stop and they can go back to living a normal life. We all know that the sanctions will not be lifting, and the fight has only just begun. It will take years, decades even, for any normalcy to come, if it ever does come in your lifetime. Sooner or later, people will realize that they have the wrong person in power. With the election coming up, it is only a ruse. We all know that the election won't be real, and Putin will be voted in again and his followers will breathe a false collective sigh of relief. This is only temporary because we know that with the false election out of the way, plans will then start to take place. Plans to make sure that whatever happens in the back sense to remove Putin will begin, and it will only be a matter of time before a coup takes place, and then the dead man walking will be no more. That's it for today. Thank you for listening to Lose Lips and until the next time.